You're listening to the Unfree Parents Podcast, episode 004. You're seen to chat about parenting, life, and of course, Unfree's McGee. I'm your host, Sarah Jahimiak, successful entrepreneur, mom of three, wife, and total Unfreak. Are you prepared for what comes next? Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining me for episode four of the Unfreak Parents Podcast. I'm so grateful that you guys are here to listen. In this episode, we will cover any new Umfreeze news, cover the Chucktown show at the end of May, as well as the two nights at Mountain View Festival in West Virginia, the first weekend of June. We will have an On This Day from 2015, when the band played in Jay, Vermont, and then we will play the first set, well, actually the whole show, because it was only one set, um, at the end of this episode. And we also have a really awesome interview with Umfree's very own road merch extraordinaire, Sam Sutton. So make sure you stick around for that. All right. So the newest dates announced October 6th in Chicago at the Aragon Ballroom, part of the big weekend that is happening October 4th through the 6th. Also during that weekend, Lettuce will be playing, Emancipator, um, Amy Helm, Leftover Salmon, Uh, There's a whole bunch of others. I will put a link um, in the show notes for that. My husband and I actually decided that we are going to go to Chicago for Umfreeze on Saturday night. So we're going to be flying in Friday sometime. I'm super, super excited. We're going to be staying in Wrigleyville, which is my favorite part of the city. Um, You know, a weekend away with my favorite band. Super excited, and I'm hoping to do a nice big meetup somewhere one of the days of that weekend so that I can meet you guys in person. That would be super fun. So stay tuned for the details about that. The full band does not play again until Thursday, June 28th in Buffalo, New York, which happens to be a hometown show for me. So again, very excited for that. Lots of excitement. Um with Umfries in our house lately, um, with just the shows that we've been able to catch in the podcast, of course. So very, very exciting. Um, and then after that, they're playing the 29th at the House of Blues in Boston and the 30th in New Jersey. There are tickets available for all of those shows, so grab yourself some tickets. Um, and then there are some side projects coming up as well. June 16th, Brendan, Joel, and Friends at the Bottom Lounge in Chicago. June 21st in Pravatron featuring Jake at Vegetable Buddies in South Bend. June 21st and 22nd, the Omega Moos are playing at the Park West in Chicago. And June 21st through 24th, Electric Forest Festival, which is going to feature Supernatural Beings, which has Joel and Chris in it. And, of course, Holidays is now on sale. There are still rooms available when this podcast is being recorded. Um, This year it's happening in Mexico. Um, Don't know if we're going to make it this year. It's definitely on my bucket list. But I do have some other shows I would like to hit, like Brendan and Jake in Chicago this year. So we will see about that. But I will put a link in the show notes for the holidays as well. So if you're interested, you can check it out. All right, so Charleston, May 31st, The Grove at Patriots Point, very rock-heavy show, Make It Right, always a good way to start off, In the Kitchen with Dr. Feel Good by Motley Crue, Jam in the Middle, Get in the Van, which I've not caught since 2013, so I'm still waiting to see that one, Mantis, which is always amazing, but this jam in Mantis is just 
I feel it's absolutely mind-blowing. It's just, wow, so beautiful. And they didn't finish it and go right into Xmas at wartime, another beautiful piece of music. So putting those two together, you know, you, you just definitely need to give it a listen. You and You Alone, special request from Mary Welsh, Ryan's wife, and for all the moms in the audience. Sociable Jimmy with a really spacey and ambient jam. Puppet String, which never disappoints, but the jam in this one, again, I just can't explain it. This is definitely another one that you just need to listen to. I just love that song anyway, and the way that they jam it out in the middle different every time, love that too. Uh, 1348 into Half Delayed into 1348, a sandwich that I can definitely get down with. I am notorious, you can ask my husband, for yelling a really good fuck yeah at an Umphrey show. And after I listened to that, certainly was yelling it in my kitchen. I will admit, uh, very, very awesome. I love how in the beginning of 1348, Jake is just gearing everybody up for this just intense thing that's about to happen. So totally, totally love that. This whole show, which is played as one long set because of the weather, all comes to a close with the second half of Mantis with this super soulful jam at the end. I mean, definitely do yourself a favor and give this one a listen. The encore starts with Miss Tinkles with this jam in the middle that puts this song on my 2018 Hall of Fame list. I love that at the ending, I can see in my mind exactly how Brendan and Jake are playing. If you've seen Umphreys as much as I have or more, you know exactly what I'm talking about. That chemistry between them when they're playing, it's just so awesome to see and one of my favorite things about watching them play. The encore also features the debut of the Jake tune, What We Could Get, one that I'm excited that they started playing live, and I hope that I can catch it this summer when I see them. Goosebumps during the cover of Comfortably Numb, seriously. I love it so much when Bela sings this tune, and Jake just completely slays the guitar. I could seriously listen to him play David Gilmore all the time, just all day long. <laughs> Listening to this version had me seeking out other Floyd covers by Umphreys, and I can say that the Comfortably Numb cover from this past New Year's run, Night One in Denver, that they played during the encore, spot on. My grandma, who was somebody that I was very close to, passed away a few days before those shows, and the morning after they played, night one, I was sitting in my car waiting to go into my grandma's church to plan her service. And the video for this had popped up on my Facebook feed. So I sat there in my car watching this, this YouTube video and just the emotions that I was feeling is, was so intense. And I was totally sitting there bawling my eyes out. And it just, it, it's amazing how music can do that to you. Just give you all of these feelings. And, you know, I felt so much better after that. Like, Maybe not better, I guess, but you're just better equipped to deal with everything that was going to be happening. And it was because I had had that moment. And it's, you know, it's in those moments that make the music great. So if you've not seen that video, I will make sure to put a link in the show notes that you check that out. Because it is absolutely just amazing goosebumps. It'll just, it will blow your mind. Absolutely. Uh, my husband and I were on the fence about even doing Resonance Festival in September, where Brain da Damaged Eggman are playing. 
But after listening to them do that cover and all the others that I've been able to find, I told my husband that we were 100% in. My husband is a Floyd fan, and I'm a huge, huge Beatles fan. So seeing Brain Damaged Eggman is something not to be missed for us. And seeing the Omega Moos is on my bucket list, too. So it'd be great to finally see them play. All right, so Mountain Music Festival, June 1st and 2nd in West Virginia. Apparently, this festival is amazing. It is held at a place that also has a resort, so I'm pretty sure there's a water park and there's whitewater rafting and all sorts of stuff. You can get, like, cabins if you want for camping that weekend. It sounds like it's pretty awesome, and I definitely want to check it out next year if Umphreys is playing. Um, night one, Mad Love. Totally love that song. The lyrics that Bayless sings are just... They just give you all of the feels, seriously. One of my favorite lines, the only constant now is change. I just just love lyrics like that that come out of him. The jam at the end of that song definitely just makes me want to roll all my windows down in my car and just go for a drive on a beautiful day and just think about all the beautiful things in the world and how amazing life really is. It's just just one of those jams. Love it. Uh, Syncopated Strangers, which is another one that I just cannot get enough of just the different versions and the different places that that song goes. Um, actually, last episode I talked about and played a show from 2008 that featured my favorite Syncopated, and Joel actually tweeted a discussion about whether or not it was the best Umphrey set ever, so that was pretty cool. Uh, Seasons, the second time that they have played that, and that's off the new album, It's You. I really like how that is coming along live and how that is, you know, growing as a song. So that's really cool. Phil's Farm to close out the first set. I love the jam in the middle of this one. And when it comes back around into Phil's, I just love the way that Joel gets down. Bad Friday to open the second set that totally goes on its own musical adventure. This one I've added to my 2018 Hall of Fame list on Nugs. Um, into Utopian Fur with Walk by Pantera Teases. Can't go wrong with an 18-minute Utopian Fur that goes right into Maybe Someday, another song that I'm a huge fan of. Miami Virtue last played 106 shows ago with I Wear My Sunglasses at Night and Rhiannon Teases. Love Rhiannon, one of my favorite Fleetwood Mac songs. Remind Me with Roundabout Teases. I love Rush so much, so anytime that there's a tease, I just absolutely love it. Love it so much. Um, and the rest of that song, just just straight fire. I mean, all of them, just an amazing, amazing first night of that festival. Trench Town Rock by Bob Marley for the encore, which has not been played since April 6th, 2016, so 204 shows ago. So night two, this show is seriously a total home run from the very beginning. Chris wrote this set list for his girlfriend's 100th show, and he certainly did a good job. The show opens with the new tune, Triangle Tear. Atmospheric, which my husband and I were honestly just talking about wanting to see them play when we were on our way to summer camp. That song has a 122 show gap last played February 17th, 2017. 
The Jam and Plunger, so good. It starts off with Jake, super funky, into an uplifting jam, back into a funky jam, and then sort of an ambient jam with Stasic leading the way, and then back into the end of Plunger. This one is also on my 2018 Hall of Fame list for sure. Just another example of the musical adventure that Umfree songs can go on that I love so much. And I know that I use the word musical adventure so much, but I absolutely feel like that's how Umfree's music is. When I explain their music to somebody that has no idea about them, that's kind of how I compare it is to one of those stories that if you ever read them when you're a kid the choose your own adventure and I really feel like that's exactly how it is and obviously why they did that in in Umble but that's exactly how I try to explain it because that's really what it is it's just a whole kind of a story that you're going on with these jams so forgive me if I use that word a lot because that's just that's exactly how I feel um, the Alibaba's original Soul Food 1, always funky as hell. I could listen to Joel get down to that song all day. I will admit um, that this one went on my 2018 Hall of Fame list as well. Right into a powerhouse, Bright Lights, Big City, which is unfinished. And then right into Hourglass, which has not seen the light of day since August 12, 2017. Space Funk Booty, right into Educated Guess, another one of my favorites. Chris on this song, seriously, like, just hot damn. Like, he's my favorite drummer, and it is insane to watch him drum. Just amazing. Piranhas and the end of Bright Lights Big City to close out the first set. A very dancey flamethrower to open the second set. Room to Breathe, one that I am still waiting to hear. Last time I caught it was February 3rd, 2014. I am totally in love with Jake's guitar in this song. Night Nurse, which is seriously like my new obsession ever since that version from the VIP set on Thursday at summer camp. And this one I added to my 2018 Hall of, F Hall of Fame list as well. So a total of three songs from this show and I believe four from the whole weekend I added to my Hall of Fame. Uh, Snucka with a funky kind of reggae jam. And then there's pageants. I seriously can only imagine the intensity that comes from this stage as that song just starts to build. Just so, so, so good. This one last played 12-29-2017. And this song is just, it's just absolutely amazing and beautiful. This one song, I feel, shows exactly how insanely talented each individual person standing on that stage is. And then when you bring them together and make music, I think that one song totally shows what happens when they come together. It's just powerful and moving and inspiring and awesome <laughs> so that's how I feel about pageants just amazing then they go right into hangover which after listening to pageants is is honestly a good song everybody needs to 
bring it down a little bit after, you know, the intense vibes that were happening during that song, for sure. Andy's last beer and a full energy and explosive the floor to close out the second set. A cover of Daffodils for the encore by Mark Ronson. A spot-on song for Umphreys to cover, and Chris singing this is seriously perfection. Something that for me is really awesome is all of the different genres that Umphreys plays and all of the different covers that they do so well has really opened up music that I never listened to before or maybe never gave it a shot before or maybe it was music that my parents grew up listening to and you know when you're younger you just kind of blow it off and you're like oh what is this shit that they're listening to but then as you get older and your musical tastes change and you appreciate music differently I come back to these bands that my parents were into and discover so much more about them, which is really, really cool. So I have Umphreys to thank for that because they've really opened my eyes to all sorts of other music. So I'm very grateful for that. All right. So on this day, which if you are listening to this episode when it airs is June 19th. So in 2015, the band played at the Stateside Amphitheater at Jay Peak Resort in Jay, Vermont. This show, where they opened for Widespread Panic, was only one long set. Nipple Tricks is the intro to open the show, which is my favorite intro that they play. I just love the momentum that this song has. Just feels like it's full force right out of the gate. And it's almost like they're saying, ready or not, here we come, sort of thing. So, totally love it. Right Into the Floor, which is another powerhouse song that I totally love. This one is split with Lanier in the middle. And after they go back into the floor, Bayless mentions that they wrote that song in Vermont about seven years ago. So, nice little fun fact. Educated guests with this absolutely amazing Jimmy Stewart. Soul Food One with a little Bayless scat in there. Into Higgins. Stasic is straight nasty in this one and features Can't You Hear Me Knocking by the Rolling Stones Jam. Funny story about this Higgins that I actually tweeted about. And if you are not following the show on Twitter, um, follow us at um, Freak Parents Podcast. Um, anyway, so I live in western New York and the winters are long and cold. And when we have nice days, I really love driving around with the windows down. So I live in western New York where the winters are long and cold. So when we have nice days, I really enjoy driving around with the windows down and the music up in the car. So the other day, I'm out by myself, got all the windows down. Higgins is just bumping in the car. And I get to this stoplight and I look over and this dude just gives me this completely shocked face that there's a chick listening to rock music. And I just think it's super funny because when I try to explain like the kind of music that Umphreys plays or I'll show people YouTube videos, they're just like, oh, okay. Like if, if I'm a girl, I'm supposed to like listen to Britney Spears and Taylor Swift and stuff, I don't know. So it's just really funny to, to see people's faces. Anyway, uh, the rest of the show, Cut the Cable, a dancey ass bad Friday, loose ends, out of order, the triple wide and Haji, close it all out. 
definitely worth a listen, as all Umphrey shows are, of course. But uh, make sure you stick around after my interview with Sam Sutton to check this show out. And I will put a link in the show notes to the All Things Umphrey's set list for this show so that you can check that out, too. I just wanted to give you a heads up about the audio with my interview with Sam Sutton. My recording program on my computer decided not to work literally 10 minutes before Sam called me. So I had to make lemonade out of lemons and figure out how to record the conversation anyways. And so that's what I did. And I think it turned out okay. So hopefully it's not too terrible and you guys enjoy it anyways because Sam is really awesome and I'm super grateful for his time and his interview was really amazing. So thank you to Sam for his time and being on the show. Also in my interview when I was listening back, I did notice that I misspoke. I meant to say the Ravinia in 2015 is when we took our son in Chicago, not the Riviera. So I did want to put that out there as well. So thanks everybody for listening. My name is Sam Sutton. Okay. The reverbs really get me. Um, I am the merch guy for Aubrey Spinky, and I'm also a pretty big fan of the band still nice. as well. Nice. And how long have you been uh, working for them? Um, officially full-time for about two years now. Okay. I've been, I've been helping them out for, let's say, about five or maybe six years. Um, just helping out a bigger bigger run uh, when you needed more than one person at merch, uh, things like that. So nice. that's kind of kind of where I've been there. And how um, and how did that come about for you? Like, how did you wind up working for them? So it was uh, it's really a funny story. I started making uh, lapel pins, which are which are big in our state. Um, mm-hmm. I eventually started doing, like, word got around that I was making fan pins. I eventually started doing official pins for the band. Mm-hmm. Um, and through that, I met Louie, who is now our lighting crew chief, but used to be our merch guy. Okay. Um, Louie would occasionally grab me to help him with, with like, random things, like, the blow out at the end of the night you're getting 50 people and there's one guy behind the merch booth or or just random stuff like that mm-hmm. so I, I kind of stepped into that role mm-hmm. uh, I would also volunteer and, and help out with UMVIP I uh, just got kind of got to know some of the guys in, in the organization and uh, eventually we would start asking me to come help at bigger runs you know mm-hmm. you can see either um, places where we would sell. I would say Red Rocks, but we don't sell merch there. So, so. <laughs> Why is that? Why is that? Um, there's some venues, some venues uh, have it in the contract that they sell merch there. So, so I just count everything in, deliver it all, and then their team takes it over and sells all the merch. I count it out at the end and, and go at it. 
So what is what does that leave you to do then at Red Rocks? If you're not doing merch, then what what do you do then? Oh, Red Rocks is one of the hardest gigs for me. So we also do headphones and snowcones at merch. So I'll be passing those out uh, as well. Okay. And and I'm just getting I get pulled in a lot of different directions, doing wearing wearing many hats. You know, I also help out. Our TM with some production assistant type stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I try to, you know, besides wearing just the merch hat, I, I try to fill in on the team wherever I can, mm-hmm. whether it's, you know, uh, helping unpack cases or or getting getting certain things to make the day go by easier for other members of our team done. Mm-hmm. And um, we'll also have. Uh, quite a few people that will have special requests for merch at Red Rock. Mm-hmm. I'll be the only one able to go over and grab that stuff. Mm-hmm. So then I'm running back and forth to that little shelf, uh, just trying to get it back and forth, back and forth. Um, I did last year get to watch, I think, three songs, which was which was pretty great. <laughs> it was awesome. So, oh, three like, songs. What is your... That average is like, a song a night, right? Yeah, <laughs> I was going to ask, like, what do you usually uh, get to see? Because, I mean, I will admit I've been to, um, I'm trying to make New Year's Eve my 50th show. So, um, I mean, I've seen you just running all over. It's it's very interesting to see how hardworking the crew is. You see the guys just running all over and behind the scenes. And I, I really can compare that a lot to parenting, honestly, though, too, because that's exactly the same thing as the parents just kind of running around and making sure all the details are taken care of. And, you know, so 100 percent. Yeah. So the, the people can shine, you know, everybody in the background is working their balls off. So I as, as a huge fan of the band, I appreciate your hard work and and all that. And well, well, thanks a lot, Sarah. And, and I know the rest of the the guys on the crew would appreciate it as well. You know, it's it's a great it's a great gig. It's a great job. It's it's fun a lot of times, but it's also like you're setting up different stuff in a different city on a different day every day that you're on the road. Mm-hmm. And it 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 can it can become very overwhelming. You know, I know I've had I've talked to a lot of people with my merch position personally who people who think I'm just like in there selling t-shirts and, and, and that's, that's it. It's, you know, everything we have is inventory, every sticker, every pin, every t-shirt, every hat, everything we have is inventory and has to be counted in and counted out daily. So mm-hmm. at the end of the night, I'll have some, some of my friends who will come up, right, and, and want to talk, and that's mm-hmm. absolutely the worst time because Mm-hmm. At that time, I have to, like, count all this stuff, get it loaded up, and get it onto the semi in the order where my stuff goes, which is kind of in the middle. Um, and it's like I sometimes feel like a jerk because I'm like, cool, guys, I'll, I'll text you after the show or mm-hmm. I'll talk to you in a little bit because, you know, we have to get things loaded up and get on to the next city. So mm-hmm. it's uh, it's like it's a lot more than just slinging cotton, you know. Right, right. It's a whole meticulously scheduled, like, thing. Like, I can only, 
imagine <laughs> like the planning and you know everything else just for little shows like you know like a show in Buffalo where I'm from but like Red Rocks or you know holidays or you know large things New Year's runs that you guys do I mean that might be a little easier though because you don't have to load out so much every night when you're doing a four-night run do you prefer that do you prefer a four-night run in one venue over you know other you know a different city every night Okay. Um, but, but I mean, do you prefer that? Do you prefer, you know, having four nights somewhere like than having to do a bunch of nights, you know, back to back? Yeah, I, yeah, I really, I really feel like personally I do just because you load in once, you load out once. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, you also like can sleep in later the next day mm-hmm. and you can, you can, you know, although I'm a dad and, uh, and I don't, my dad's clock kind of goes off no matter where I'm at. Mm-hmm. So I'm mm-hmm. always waking up at like 7 or 8 in the morning just based on being a dad. It doesn't matter if I went to bed at 4 mm-hmm. or if I go to bed at 10. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still waking up at the same time. Sometimes I'll try to like force myself to go back to sleep, uh, which for me is easier on the bus than than anywhere else. Like if I'm in a hotel, I'm doomed. So that, in that scenario, I like when we're on when we're on multiple, like, just different different cities every night because I'm in the bus, I can fall back to sleep. And I equivalent it to um, being similar to, like, me taking my kids on a car ride to get them to go to sleep. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's kind of the same deal, but for adults riding on a bus. Mm-hmm. Same kind of deal. Like, it just knocks me out. So, mm-hmm. um, for the most part, prefer multiple night runs just because the workload is a lot less. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, like there are pros and cons, just like with anything, there are pros and cons to each side. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, if you'd like, talk a little bit about your family. Yeah. So my family is that um, my my <laughs> wife is like I couldn't have hand selected a better person. That's awesome. To be a wife and a mother. Yeah. And and like I really hope that everyone. Uh, who is married, like, feels the same way. You know? My husband and I were I, just and talking about this, about him and I, because there's so many people he works with that, like, don't like their spouses. And I'm like, why would you marry somebody that you don't like? Like, I don't understand. I don't, I don't get it. I don't, I don't understand it. But, like, I, yeah, my wife uh, was my best friend mm-hmm. and, and is still my best friend. Mm-hmm. Um, so... And it's just, it's amazing that, because I also have friends who are like, they don't like their spouse. And I'm like, I don't, I, I don't, I don't get that. I don't understand that. You know, I've never, I've never been able to experience that with not liking my wife. So mm-hmm. I don't understand where they're coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have two kids, uh, a daughter and a son. Mm-hmm. Ophelia is our daughter and she. Awesome. Week three of September. Awesome. And our son's name is Maurice, and he is three months old as of yesterday. Aww, I know. I saw the so, picture on Facebook. So, so cute. So cute. Yeah, he's, 
it's such a, like, and they're completely opposite, like, as far as when they were babies, they're completely opposite, like, oh, yeah, feel, yeah I would have to, it's, it's insane, mm-hmm. like, you came from, you came from the same few people, mm-hmm. like, today is the same deal here, you're, like, living in the same place, mm-hmm. um, but, like, Ophelia, I would have to bounce around our dining room table for 45 minutes, even to get her to, like, think about going to sleep, and with him, I literally can just hold him for two or three minutes, and, and he, like, coughs out. She was a little more fussy. He's just super chill. Mm-hmm. So it, it, and, and I'm glad it came in this order that we had her first, uh, and she was fussy because if he was fussy while we were still trying to entertain her, it would just, it would be, like, well, she was, it's actually great because she was fussier, you know, and he is so calm. That when she is like, she, you know, she's she's almost three, so she needs a ton of attention right now. Mm-hmm. And, and we still, and, and you, of all people, Sarah, know that a newborn, like, has to have attention. Like, mm-hmm. like no, no getting around. So mm-hmm. he is so chill, we can go spend time with her and let him kind of, like, play or do tummy time or, or whatever he's doing. Mm-hmm. And then... He's, he's like chilling, whereas if the roles were reversed, I don't know that Ophelia would have been so as calm as Maurice's. Yeah. I think it's the girl in her, though. Like, my boys are really chill. Although my three-year-old, I think the three-year-old outpowers the boy in him. Like, (laughs) three-year-old boy is like Tasmanian devil. Anybody who has a three-year-old boy knows exactly what I'm talking about. They are... A force, like a hurricane, like nothing is safe with a three-year-old boy. So watch out. He's calm now, but he'll get crazy, like in his toddler, you know, like boyish, and then he'll calm out a little bit again. But yeah, you'll you'll get the crazy in there. You will get it, and it's coming. But but he loves. He's all about his dad right now. So it'll be good for you because you know he's potty training and. You know he's he's a big boy now, so he's all about daddy. So, you know you'll That's you'll awesome. really get your time. It'll be you know my husband will come home from work and he's like, oh, I know I want to play with you, but I am tired. But he's just he doesn't want anything to do with me when my husband's home. So, so what is it like for you then, like being on the road with with such young kids? What is that like for your family? You no, know, it's um, I thought it would be a lot more difficult than it turned out to be. Really. Um, that, yeah, the transition um, from having one to two was because I didn't, I wasn't working full time when we had just the one, um, and the transition from having one to two, I thought would be a lot tougher. But again, my wife is such a G that um, the, the the sleeping transition, while things are are hard at home for her, you know, during what she calls witching hour. Mm-hmm. She reads oh yeah. On the internet a lot. Oh yeah, we know about witching hour about around here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so during, during witching hour, I'll usually it's usually like a pre-show where I'm selling merch and, and kind of like hanging out, selling, getting stuff ready for the night uh, before the show starts. It's usually witching hour at home, and so she'll text me when it's over and be like, "All right, they were not terrible tonight. It wasn't that bad." Or, "Oh, tonight I could have pulled my hair out." Um, well, we usually, we'll go through that, and, and it's, I 
feel like it's kind of the absence makes the heart grow fonder type thing. I know mm-hmm. personally for my marriage, I feel like it's it's been really a staple and really really good because you know we're not around each other all the time. Mm-hmm. While like I stay in constant contact, and again, my wife is my best friend. Um, while I stay in constant contact with her, it's nice to to like be able to come back home after a four-day run. We fly home almost every weekend. Um, it's really nice to kind of come back home and, and like, have missed her, you know, if mm-hmm. that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah absolutely. Same, same deal with the kids. Um, the only the only shitty part, part of my life is... No, 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 you can go ahead. You can swear. Like, you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> the only bad part is is like, you know, like I'll see Maureen when I leave on a Wednesday and I'll get home on a Sunday or on a Monday and I'll feel like he has grown so much. He's only been four or five days, but I'm like, damn, like I missed these couple of days with him. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. And you know, my husband, he works in production and these are all like, and he comes home at night, but he will work long stretches the same way like he'll work a Thursday to Monday but he'll work uh third shift so like he's sleeping all day and he'll say the same thing like it's the same things that other working dads say you know just that you said you know that you're away from home and you feel like you're you're missing the same thing so they now only tour you know certain days of the week is you know is that because of their families and how has that helped you know your family be on a schedule yeah so i do feel like i do feel like that has a lot to do in the whole organization managers band and crew um we have 22 kids wow uh, between all of us wow so um i do think you know number one in in Humphreys McGee, as far as what I can see as an employee, has just been a family is number one. You know, uh, our our West Coast tour um, was kind of running in the last two. So Ryan just had a new baby. Mm-hmm. Ryan and Mariel just had a new baby. Mm-hmm. And, and their baby was due two weeks after our baby was due. So mm-hmm. I took the last two weeks off. Uh, to be home with my wife um, because they would they would have well because that's what I was going to do and they would have it no other way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I had someone I had someone fill in for me on the road uh, for the last two weeks of the tour and they're just they're all super supportful, shooting emails, texts, and making sure. And this is band crew and, and management just making sure that everything is going smooth, like telling me to keep them updated and. It's just, it's, it's a really, it's like a family away from my regular family. That's really it's, awesome. It's great. And you know what? It's funny because that's how I feel about them as a band. Because even my dad jokes because he's the one that always watches my kids when my husband and I go to shows. And somebody was talking to him about, oh, I don't understand how somebody could go and see the same band so many times. And he's like, let me tell you about my daughter and her husband. <laughs> incredible and, and fans of the band me being one of them were like super um just I also think that all the fans are incredible as well and, and going to 
multiple shows. It also helps that the band doesn't play the same show twice, so you're yeah. never going to see the same thing, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, and it's like, and I know that they, it's all one big family away from family life. Mm-hmm. Um, like, like I enjoy getting on the bus with my comrades and like hanging out and talking about being a dad. That's what we talk about the most. Mm-hmm. That's it's awesome. Like, what did you do in this scenario? How did you handle this? Um, Robbie, our, our drum tech, I he has he has a girl and a boy, uh, similar distances apart, mm-hmm. um, just a little a little bit older, like a year ahead of us. So I can always go to him, even if I'm home, and text him like, "Hey, my daughter's been screaming for an hour because she doesn't want us to hold the baby, but she doesn't want the baby to be upset." Like, what did you do in this scenario? And and, and it it's great um, because he always has he always has answers for what he did, mm-hmm. you know, which may or may not work more times than not. It works. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it's pretty phenomenal. That's Um, very cool. And and to to wrap up the original question about like time away, it's it's like a double-edged sword. It's great. It's great to be out and working. And of course, you need to support your family, um, which is what I'm doing ultimately. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And I just have a really, a fun gig for the most part, you know? Awesome. But it's also great when I get to come home and and see them and like my daughter runs up to me every unless she's napping runs up to me every time when I come home mm-hmm. and it's just like daddy and there's really there's really very few feelings that would that would mm-hmm. be as, as like awesome as that and she also sent me with uh, I, I wanted to I told her that that I would I would talk about she sends me with one of those you know those little beanie baby things with big eyes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but she 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 got one for me I forget mm-hmm. if it was like my birthday or Christmas or something uh, but she's always like this is for when you go to work and so Aww. like this little this little beanie baby thing lives in the bottom of my backpack until we get to the bus and then I put it uh, you know in my bunk and try to take a photo of it and send it to her <laughs> be like look Look, Frost is here hanging. That so, is so adorable. Like, that is so like, sweet. And, uh, <laughs> uh, Robbie's daughter does the same. Uh, she, I think she sent him with uh, Robbie's, Robbie's beanie baby's name is Dan. Um, <laughs> so, so Dan and Frost, like, we on a couple occasions have taken photos of them together <laughs> and sent them like, look, they're hanging out. <laughs> That is adorable. I love that. <clears throat> Excuse me. That is amazing. That is absolutely something we would do for my daughter. She <laughs> she has this little rabbit that she named Frankenstein. So <laughs> it's just this little brown rabbit that has such an intimate intimidating name it's so funny and we've taken it all over and taken pictures with it too and people look at us like we're crazy but i'm like obviously you don't have children because right (laughs) this is what happens when you have kids (laughs) yeah (laughs) right this little photo is gonna appease her so much that that i don't care if you think i'm crazy just do it um yeah like right now i'm flying to 
Denver, my one of my best friends is getting married this weekend, and I'm in the wedding. Nice. Um, and he he also was super like, and that's another thing. My friends are very supportive as well. So he was also super um, concerned with, do you want to be spending extra time away from home? And I'm I'm leaving today. I'll be home on Sunday on Father's Day. And, and I've, you know, I talk. To, I always talk to my wife. I run stuff by my wife, and mm-hmm. she knows. She knows how important Cody is to me, so I'll, I'll go into Denver to be in a wedding, and then I'll be back home, be mm-hmm. dad on Sunday. It's, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's, it's like not outside the norm. Yeah, it sounds. I mean, I'm telling you, it just it sounds like exactly. It, our lives, you know, my husband works full time. I'm a work from home mom, you know, so when he's home, he's home because he's not home. So he's with the kids. But there are times, just like you said, like somebody that's one of your really good friends is getting married. So, of course, you're going to be there. You know, it's it's the exact same right. thing. So tour starts right. the 28th um, in Buffalo. I'll be there. It's a hometown show. Um, Buffalo NY. Yes, I'm excited. It's I love when they play Canal Side. They haven't played there since 2015, and it's really beautiful down there in Buffalo. So I'm excited. And it's 20 minutes from my house, so can't beat that. <laughs> oh, you can't beat that at all. For sure, for sure. So with tour starting up, you got the three little shows, and then you've got Red Rock. So what does that look like in terms of getting ready for you? What does that look like? So this particular instance is uh, it's going to be a little more difficult than usual. We just bought a new house that we closed up Monday. Oh wow! Congratulations. Um, thank you. So we, it's like <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. It's going to be it's like tr- trying to pack up uh, certain things that you don't need, like essentials, right? Mm-hmm. When when we moved without kids, it was no problem. Mm-hmm. Like, do we mm-hmm. need this? Nope. Cool. All right, pack it away. Mm-hmm. So we have, I have this whole next week, starting the 18th, which is the day we close, until uh, the day before Buffalo, which is a Wednesday, I believe, mm-hmm. is when I fly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have that much time to kind of get all my advancing done, because I still have to work, you know, I still have to do, um, you know, let let them know, like, what merch we're bringing, let, let the venues know what what we're doing. I also uh, do our table organizations like Head Count, Much Obliged, which is our clean and sober group, mm-hmm. uh, Conscious Alliance, if they're coming. So I, I try to spearhead all those, make sure that the venues have room for everyone in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of, between tossing that work around, uh, being dad, which is the most important thing, and in moving, it's going to be a, a bit of a time crunch. Mm-hmm. for me this next week. But then July, we, we just have, have festivals. So mm-hmm. we're just gone a couple of days on the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, on a, on a, on a regular, like a regular run that we're doing, it, it's just life as normal. Mm-hmm. And then I, you know, I try to take my daughter to school almost every day. She goes to the daycare and, and I try to take her almost every day. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's our normal everyday routine. Uh, I'll take her in on Wednesday morning, and then I'll fly out Wednesday afternoon. Nice. Um, and just just kind of be dad all of the days that I'm home, mm-hmm. and and try to give them as much as 
much normalcy as can be, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's, um, and that's important. You know, it's, it's awesome that you are doing that because, I mean, seriously, how many stories are there of rock star kids? You know, that grow up and, you know, had this terrible, traumatic childhood and all this stuff. And it's like, you know, just maybe a regular bedtime would have been good for them. (laughs) Right. Absolutely. And and we tend to stick with that, as you know, with a a two and a half year old, they they do their best to choose their own bedtime. Um, Yeah. Yeah. some, Some days we're more lenient than others where we're like, okay. If you want to stay up and rage till 9 p.m., go for it. Mm-hmm. Or, like, um, mm-hmm. some days we're like, no, super big day tomorrow. <laughs> Mom has a lot going on. I have to do some stuff. You have to go to bed. Mm-hmm. Um, but we try to, you know, keep her on a, on a normal pattern and, and give her as much consistency as we can. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and with him as well, you know, I, I use her in terms a lot more because she's older and she's who we've done it with for a while. So Maurice just kind of gets to fall in line with what we've already established. We're not reestablishing anything, you know. Mm-hmm. We're not, like, setting the needle back anymore. Mm-hmm. We're just kind of letting things roll. Um, and, and he just has to, he has to deal with how things are coming out, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what happens, though. That's what happens. I've got three of them, so. But my oldest is 14, and he's going into high school, and he just won a bunch of awards at school, so apparently I'm doing something right. So. Thank you, and he's amazing. I mean, he's he's really amazing. He is going to grow up and be a history teacher, and I'm very proud of him. Nice. Yes, and everything that he's doing, and he's just Amazing. I had him when I was 19, and that's certainly not what I thought he was going to turn out to be. So I'm just, I'm, awesome. I'm very proud, very proud. So, yeah. And, and that's, kind of, that's kind of what I'm learning with, um, with, with parenthood is that, like, the only thing you can do is implement your best plan. And mm-hmm. then at some point, the kids have to make decisions to do to do their own things, right? So mm-hmm. that's why I try to give her her and him some consistency. I try to do what I can as far as, like, giving them a regular pattern um, and hope that when they get to the age where your son is at, mm-hmm. that they've had enough morals and values instilled in them that mm-hmm. they can make good choices. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of that's kind of what parenthood is all about to me. Yeah, and well, that's and that's what that's what I've told him too. With with you know certain situations, I mean, being fourteen, he's gonna start facing some different things in his life now, and he doesn't really want to talk to his mother about all of that. And I've just said to him, I'm like, you are a very smart boy. You know about life. <laughs> just be smart. I know you're smart. Just be smart and be responsible. That's it. You know, you're gonna do what you're gonna do. Yeah, I'm not gonna tell you what to do. You're fourteen. You're gonna live your life. And I want you to do that. Right. But just be smart and responsible. That's it. That's it. That's all I ask. Right. And that's, <laughs> you know, that's, and that's, uh, that's, that's kind of it. That's, yeah. that's all you can do. You are, you are braver than us. Um, <laughs> I'm uh, with three. I think, you know, I'm not, I'm a, I'm a big basketball fan. So um, I'm not. <laughs> Brendan and Robbie actually told me when we were having number two. Yeah. that they're like, you should stick in the man-to-man defense. You should play the zone. It's tough playing the zone. Um, so, yeah. So yeah. We, uh, 
kind of where my wife told me that she did, and, and my wife would have five kids that she said, um, she doesn't carry the way. And she said that she doesn't know, you know, her, with this last baby, her platelets were a little low. Mm-hmm. Um, not, not anything like crazy low, but just low enough for me to like be concerned. I'm, I'm a, I don't know if your husband's like this, but I'm a dad, so I worry about everything. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He right? worries about everything. Right? Everything. <laughs> um, so, so like, her platelets were running a little low. Uh, Maurice came out. He was fine. They said he was working a little harder than he needed to, to to breathe. So then I just start, like, I'm sure, like, seven or eight of my hair is just, like, gray right there on the spot. Mm-hmm. Like, my heart's beating fast. I, I'm just, like, and, and he ended up being fine. Everything was great. But <laughs> that night in the hospital, my wife told me, I don't know if you could handle another childbirth, which I thought was hilarious. Um, I was just so worried about, like, you you know, like, I'm worried my wife is my best friend, and and I want my kids to be okay, just like I feel like every other male adult in the world would would be, you know? Maybe I'm a little more extreme at it. It's just like... My husband is the same way, though. He was, he's the same way. He's totally the same way. I love it. I, I also feel like I think a little more because I'm, I'm 10 years clean and sober. So, awesome. Congratulations um, on that. That's awesome. I, I, thanks, dude. And, and so, like, I just kind of, like, I'm always in my own mind, you know, like, mm-hmm. always thinking, um, which which makes Humphrey's merch job great for me because you always have to be thinking about, like, what do obstacles tackle, where you can go here, what you can do here. Um, so your mind's always working. Mm-hmm. So, but when I'm like, when I'm home and everything's kind of running smooth, I'm like trying to think ahead, you know, like a chess player, just trying to think like, all right, what's going on here? What's going to happen here? So my mind just starts wandering crazy places. Yeah. <laughs> so Sarah, how old are your other two? Uh, my youngest is three. Uh, his name is Brendan. He is named after Bayless. Nice. Yes. Good name. Uh, he has actually met Bayless too. They got a picture together at the Riviera in 2015. We drove from Buffalo with the baby. Um, that was actually his second show, so that was fun. Um, and then Marley right. is my daughter, and she is seven. So, how is that? It's seven-year-old girl is a little that's, intense, but <laughs> yeah, that's that's exactly what my thought. Like my. My almost three-year-old girl is a little intense. So yeah, she's very she's very well. spirited is is how I put it because that's just the way you have to put it to get through it much most of the days because otherwise you're pulling your hair out seriously like she's she's gonna change the world someday she really is if, if we can get that attitude in check she'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> My poor husband, when he's home, he'll hide in the garage. So I hope your new house has a place for you to hide because when she gets to be seven, her and your wife are going to be going at it. I guarantee it. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm sure they already do. Uh, last night we had, here's, here's a good like example of what a, uh, um, every other night in our house is like, right? Mm-hmm. So we go, we go to my wife's parents' house. They have a beautiful pool. So we go swimming over there. She gets bad. My wife opens things of Oreos, you know, the little travel packs that have like three or four Oreos. Mm-hmm. 
myself. So my wife opens it. Or for my daughter, for Opie, and, <laughs> and Opie didn't want her to open it. So she wants her to close it back up. Um, and, and she can't, she can't close, you can't close the thing once you open it, you know? It's mm-hmm. like a little travel pack, whatever. Mm-hmm. And she's just going, she, she totally flips, starts freaking out, you know, just some typical, typical, uh, little toddler stuff. Mm-hmm. It, it's going nuts for like a half hour. We go get dinner. We come home. She's calmed down because we get dinner. We come home. We're eating dinner in the living room on the floor um, because, again, we're moving. So mm-hmm. things are everywhere. Um, and and she's like being just kind of like picking at my wife, you know? Mm-hmm. Like my wife's trying to eat, trying to eat her salad and like, my daughter's like jumping on her lap and, and things that she normally does to me, which I can handle. Um, and my wife can handle way more than me. Right. Mm-hmm. But last night she just was kind of like, I could see her getting fed up. And I, you know, I, I just pat her on the shoulder when Opie was looking. I'm like, okay, think she'll be, she'll be fine. She mm-hmm. be okay. She thinks she's annoying. She's so bad right now. She's like, she's picking at me. And it's like, it was similar to like breaking up an argument between friends, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, in, oh, the, yeah. in the end, they are they are the best of friends. Like all of us, I feel like together are the best of friends. But it was like it was like they were already kind of going at it, you know. So mm-hmm. I can I can see where your poor husband is hiding in the garage. Oh yeah, um, oh yeah. I can and I tell him I'm like, oh my goodness, can't can't you just wait until she's Evan's age, until she's 14, and he'll just look at me and groan. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be seeing us at a lot more Umphrey shows because I just will not be able to handle being at home. So. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. We we love to have you at, at any Umphrey show. Um, we, we're planning out a pretty full summer because I'm trying to make New Year's Eve my 50th show. So we're trying to, like, put them in there to try and make it happen. So I don't know. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Um, New Year's Eve, it's, it's always a good time. And that's always another thing. Like, you don't get to spend New Year's with your kids. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you, unless you, unless you bring them out. Yeah. Um, and do you, and like, your kids uh, are little, so have you haven't done that yet? No, so um, we live close to summer camp. We live in Peoria, Illinois. Oh, okay. Um, so, so Ophelia will come out like during the day to one of our shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we're playing in Peoria, mm-hmm. it's a random Peoria show, mm-hmm. she'll come out and kind of hang out a little bit uh, until I really have to start getting to work, and then my wife will take her home. Like then someone will watch her. But usually, usually our sister-in-law, then my wife will come back down. Opie has been to a few shows. She comes out for the our day set on Sunday at summer camp. Mm-hmm. Um, she's been, this year was her third year, but as you know, it was so hot. Oh, yeah. That before our, before our set even started this year, um, I told her it was just so hot, and I was like, you want to go swimming at Grandma and Grandpa's? And she was like, yep, but I want to see your work. Because uh, she calls the show my work, right? Mm-hmm. So she's, she's like, I want to see your work. And I, I, I then, like, reaffirmed how nice it would be to go to the pool 
Um, and, and I convinced her that going to the pool was a good idea, so that as soon as she agreed, we took off, and, and I, I got her in a car with my wife, and they went back with women because it was so hot. But she does enjoy being that being, being show, you know. She likes she she likes the she likes like to entertain, you know. She I think she sees the same thing at her first show. Uh, I wasn't full time with the band yet, but mm-hmm. uh, Brennan, we were standing over by Drew, uh, over Jake's side, and uh, Brennan gave her a shout out in her first show. So we like we took her out on the stage, and she just uh, she like looked at me and then looked out at all those people mm-hmm. and looked back at me, and she like nine months looked back at me, and then she like just kind of like waved. Because that was all she knew how to do at the time. Mm-hmm. She, she, she waved and everybody started cheering and she like looked at me and smiled and it was it was really cute. So, That's awesome. That's um, very awesome. Yeah, it, was, it was great. It was great. But she's never, well, she saw some game sets, but never has been to a full show yet. Maybe that'll change this year. Maybe uh, the holiday. Nice, nice. Well, I hate to totally cut you off, but I have to go get my kid. <laughs> yeah, no worries, dude. Parent, parent becomes first. Yeah, I have to. I have to go and take him to his dentist appointment. So, um, I totally do have more questions, though. So, if you have some free time, I would love to have you on again um, later on, maybe in the summer, and you know, chat. This has been really amazing, and I really appreciate you taking your your super precious time to chat with me. So I really, really appreciate that. No problem. Anytime, just hit me up and let me know when you want to, and we'll see you in Buffalo in a couple of weeks. Yes, absolutely. Very, very excited. And thank you so, so much. Safe travels and have an awesome weekend at the wedding. Thank you. Thank you so much, sir. Have an, have an awesome weekend parenting. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> All right, bye. Bye.
called The Floor that actually was written about seven years ago in Vermont. We had two days in Burlington and we got some progressive work from it. So thank you, Vermont, for giving us that song. And a big thanks to Widespread Panic for giving us out. We're looking forward to the next few minutes.
place is gorgeous. Thank y'all so much for this place.
Thank you a lot, Mike. Good to be up in a few minutes. We'll see you out there.